welcome to the Galactic Core Podcast. Here to review the latest films and TV shows from all your favorite intergalactic universes. Now, it's time to get your geek on. Please welcome your host, the prophesied chosen one. It's Andy. Hello, and uh, welcome back, everyone, to a, another brand new episode, the Galactic Court Podcast. And today we're going to be covering uh, Loki Season 2, Episode 3. And I'm in a really good mood today. And is it because it's nice and sunny outside here in the UK, so it's been a glorious day? Nope, it's not that, because I've, uh, I've spent my entire day sat inside playing video games, so it's not that. Is it because the wife's going out tonight and I've got the entire place free to myself? Very Ooh. well could be. Um, but no, I think it's more because of the guests that I've got on my show today. Uh, they've been guests on um, on the show before, and I've been lucky enough to go onto theirs as well. They've got a great show covering lots of, <clears throat> of your favorite nerdy and geeky things. They also do the Novice Nerd, um, which they obviously talk about a lot of things, including comic books and different stories leading up to various different events. <clears throat> Excuse me, and they've had some great episodes where they dive a bit more de in depth into certain things, including you know some things to do with the Force and Star Wars and how it affects your everyday life. So they're really worth going out and listening to and giving them a follow as well. But there's three of these absolutely gorgeous bastards with me today, and you know they're absolutely fantastic guys. You know we've got the uh, the Caleb Doom to my Kane and Jarris. We've got the David Ward Prowse. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we've got the David Ward Prowse to my James Earl Jones in the corner over here, and we've got the Jer Jeremy Renner in the bottom corner here to my Kate Bishop. <laughs> Please welcome to the show. It's the Why So Sidious podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. Please, please. But he settled down. Hold your applause. Serious. So <laughs> welcome to the show, guys. How are we doing? Great, man. After that, welcome. I mean, yeah, my I'm feeling pumped. Yeah, thanks for having us. As always, guys, it's fantastic to be chatting with you and to, to have all three of you on. It's um, it's really good. I appreciate you all getting up nice and early in the morning to uh, to jump on with me and scoff down your breakfast and sort it out your kids. And hey, here we are, ready to talk some uh, some Marvel and some Loki. Um, but first of all, you know, how's things been going with you guys? How's your own podcast been going recently? Well, we just got through with the grind of Ahsoka. <laughs> it was obviously everyone has been covering. We thoroughly enjoyed it. And now with Loki, we're kind of taking it slower. We're going to do some more creative episodes in between. And then after that, I feel like it's going to be not a lot of shows come out for a while. It's just going to be mo a movie every now and then to cover. So, yeah, we'll have a wide variety of, sh of podcasts. That yeah. is true, to be fair. There's not much coming out after this, is there? Apart right. from the Marvel's film. Trying to find a way yeah. to keep it fresh because being tied down every week by an episode of some sort mm. can be kind of rough when we kind of want to talk about some other stuff. So I think we're going to do a Loki season review as a whole at the end and kind of figure out some other stuff to do. But yeah, you know, we're taking, you know, we, we've been a little slow for the past couple of weeks because of that grind. So yeah, we'll get back <laughs> into it. Yeah. You do, um, and you think, oh, sorry, Karen, I was maybe. just going to say real quick. Um, yeah, like he said, we're we're gonna get all of that creative aspects of stuff. We got our hundredth episode coming out pretty soon here, so we're we're gonna have a creative, fun episode for that one. But we're also uh, 
getting a little bit back more into comics too. So if you do like mm. our comic episodes there, we're still finishing off our Hickman run. We just had an episode that dropped with a Yoohoo comics review guy from TikTok, uh, where we got real deep into comics. Um, so yeah, if you enjoy our comic stuff too, that'll be coming out a little bit more often than it has. Cause we've been a little slower on that. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. We're just in a bit, little, little break, little week and a half, two week break here, and then we'll be back at it. I was literally going to mention the last episode you did with the, the comic reviews, because that was a cracking episode, and you talk a lot more about, obviously, your, your own personal favorite comics as well. And um, mm -hmm. JD, I know you do, you've been doing a lot of work on TikTok recently in terms of, like, you know, revealing comic book hauls you've been getting, talking a little bit about your stories. What is it about comic books that you guys tend to love so much? You know, what is it that draws you in about it and keeps you going back to it rather than just sticking to, say, TV or movie stuff? Ooh, I actually think of this all the time, and I think it's the fact that we're we've been following the same characters for years, so we're already attached to these characters, and how their stories continue to expand. I find fascinating, and just um, just that we're I'm already invested in all these characters. It's amazing that they continue to make stories that are still fresh, different, and somewhat unique. <clears throat> but it brings that same magic the MCU brought, you know, where we see all these intermingling of characters except the comics have, it's like virtually unlimited material. So, I mean, there's still stuff from the early 2000s I haven't read yet that I'm still going to go back and read at some point. So it's pretty much like picking from a phase one through three MCU, like from an unlimited tap. And um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, it's fun. I read it. I read them and they play like a movie in my head. So it almost gives me that same mm -hmm. satisfaction as watching the movies. So I think that's, that's, that's what does it. I was just going to say that too, actually. Um, if I get really into it, if I'm really into the comic, like focused in, yeah, I, it's the same reason I like reading books is because there's that level of imagination to it where you have to create certain aspects in your head. It's not all on the screen laid out there. So comics, obviously a little bit less so that there's illustrations that go with it. But like, again, that astonishing X-Men run with Joss Whedon, I felt like I could envision the movie scenes playing out with each panel, each page. And when it reads like that, it just feels like extra, like special features, like extra bonus stories mm. that we don't get to have on the big screen. We get to dive into a little bit more and dive into morals a lot more and deeper character struggles. So there's just a lot more room to work with storytelling. There. Yeah. Love, what about you? What about your, uh, <clears throat> your relationship in comic books? A very light relationship with comic books. Still <laughs> trying to get into it. These guys always want me to read more, and I will soon, but just been busy with other stuff. Fair enough. <clears throat> I always remember you know, reading Marvel comics growing up as a kid um, and and always being really in love with the fact that there is so much story there and it's so intertwining with everything else as well. And, you know, the MCU as a movie franchise has created a world like you no know, others in terms of it being so intermingled and so linked with everything else, but the comics has obviously been doing that forever. Um, I wasn't a huge DC comic person growing up, to be fair. I was more, more the Flash fan than anything else in terms of DC yeah. stuff I read, but Marvel and Star Wars, everyone knows, has always been my, my loves. And the comic books that I've been reading recently have, have been a lot more of the Star Wars stuff because they are throwing so much stuff out there. But it's the fact that it fills in so many gaps to yes. stories that you don't even get to see. Um, the, the the latest sort of couple of Darth Vader runs that they've done that fill in sort of you know, gaps in between the original trilogy films, but then also picking up right where episode three ends and moving right. forward through everything that happened after that. There are some absolutely epic moments that happen in these that you really yeah. wish you could get to see on screen. And But the fact that you even get them in comic book form and still get to continue the story on with these kind of characters that, that you know and that you love, just mm -hmm. to me, it adds so much more to it. And that's always what I love about it is the fact that 
even if it's you know a comic book part a comic book is part of the the film franchise or whether it's standing on its own like like marvel comics do and dc comics do it still draws you in it's still like like you said david and jd the fact that you can just visualize everything in your head as if it is a movie mm. and that they dive so much deeper than a film probably ever could do really into those characters and the moral side of the story and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, everyone knows i'm a, I'm a bit of a villain and anti-hero fan so i do like the darker side of things perhaps which is i might fare well with some dc stuff i know some of that stuff is probably a lot darker but yeah, yeah. red hood yeah yeah Black i was Adam. literally thinking of that so maybe I'll get around to it one day, but I've always been, um, yeah, on the DC side, the Flash and Reverse Flash storylines were always my favourites, to be fair. So, oh. but um, <clears throat> moving on, we're here to discuss, <clears throat> you know, obviously the MCU and and obviously the Disney Plus shows that have been going on. But before we get into that, we are going to have a little game that I always like to play when it's um, when it's an MCU show that we're reviewing. And so we've got our weekly game of MCU or Real Life U. So in this game, I'm going to give each of you uh, an MCU character, the actor or actress that plays them, and then your two co-hosts as well. And you've got to tell me who would you would prefer to spend the day with um, at a theme park. So who do you want to go on the rides with? Who do you want to hang out with? Who's going to make your day the best? Now, this has caused a lot of ruckus in the past with other people and their co-hosts. So <laughs> don't feel bad about being cutthroat about it either if um, if you don't really <laughs> care that you want to spend the day with your co-hosts. But you know, just a little bit of fun just to put it out there. So um, Caleb, we're going to start with you. So your people are Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, David or JD. Who would you like to spend the day at a theme park with? <laughs> Him. Well, since we have lost Chadwick Boseman, I mean, I think I'm going to have to pick him. He was That's... probably the most iconic character in the MCU next to Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. And I, I do love these two co-hosts, but, you know, I don't know if I could really spend a whole day with them. Normally, only <laughs> record for like 45 minutes to an hour, and that's about <laughs> as much as I can take. So a whole day, I think I'm going to have to pick Chadwick Boseman. Fair Fair enough. Fair I, enough. I don't judge that one. <laughs> I'd want extra time with Chadwick too. Any. Okay, so David, we've got your choices up next. Uh, we've got Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson. Oh man, you lucky Caleb dog. Caleb or JD? Maybe. <laughs> Megan I mean... doesn't watch these podcasts. Okay, you can answer truthfully. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay we all have our things you know uh, well that's gonna be yeah well god actually she's gonna be kind of annoying i think i'm gonna go with black widow <laughs> is she portrayed by scarlett johansson still uh, well yeah it's the mcu so yeah yeah all right i'm going black widow then winter soldier black widow she seemed pretty dope to hang Wait. out and spend some time so i'm actually, there yeah. i'm there with black widow what at if the she's... theme park what if she's just looking for criminals and you can't enjoy yourself? She's just constantly like <laughs> take, taking people out. You're just trying to go ride. She ride. is mentally you shit. The more I think about that, <laughs> she does have some mental trauma. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll go with ScarJo. We'll go with ScarJo. There's no no threat of a mental breakdown there or any terrorist attack. So we'll go with ScarJo. All right, final answer. Okay. <laughs> and I am very excited. You say something I'm, wrong. <laughs> I'm fine with that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay then jd your choices for today are star lord chris pratt caleb or david oh man 
definitely Chris Pratt. I mean, I feel like he would fit right into like any friend group so well. That'd be so fun. I'd say my second choice would be love. Cause after he said that he doesn't want to hang out with us much, I'd probably just try to force him to hang out with me all day and just try <laughs> really hard to get him to like me and then just overdo it. <laughs> and Dave, oh, last no, place. <laughs> cool. I don't like oh, so you, you, you're putting Star Lord above, above David. That's, that's kind of harsh. <laughs> yeah. Star Lord's cool. It's Star Lord and Chris Pratt are, they seem like the same guy. Kind of. He does a really, you know, it's, he does really good in his roles in that way. <laughs> Just plays himself. <laughs> Chris Pratt would definitely that, share some gummies with you before going into the park or yeah. something like that. He'd party. <laughs> There'd be some laughs. <laughs> I think it was last week's episode. I gave them a choice of Deadpool or Ryan Reynolds, and they're like they're practically the same person, aren't they? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't really. What difference does it make? They're they're pretty much the same person. So, <laughs> He's I guess been it's the same. for sure. Yeah, yeah, he has to be too bad. Cool. Um, no one's been offended. Everyone's everyone's has amicably settled their choices. So, well done, gents, on that one. As that wraps up this week's MCU or Real Life You. Let's move on then. So we're going on to this week's episode of Loki, episode three. So we're halfway through this series already. And what have you guys been thinking of this so far? I mean, first of all, actually, before we jump into that, what were you guys' thoughts on series one? I found it's been quite divisive, actually. I rated it quite highly. I think mm. when I did my MCU phase four and five rankings, I had it at number two um, on my list behind No Way Home. Um, so how are you guys? David, start us off. How are you feeling about season one of Loki? Uh, I thought season one was great. Um, <clears throat> it was a different style than anything we'd really gotten MCU series-wise. Uh, I mean. Loki, Tom Hiddleston absolutely killed it. Owen Wilson was in, was such a wonderful little addition that like I would have never asked for in the MCU to have Owen Wilson, but he was awesome. Him bouncing off of Tom Hiddleston's energy throughout mm. the whole season, incredible. And obviously capstone it with the Jonathan Majors performance in the finale, mixed with Loki humor throughout. So season one was great. Um, it's probably still my number one MCU series right now. Nice. Caleb, how are you feeling about season one? Yeah, I think it's number one for me, too. And I think it's been the biggest consequences out of any Disney Plus show. Like, mm. it's been, you know, the, obviously the King variants are popping up in movies, are going to be popping up in movies. We've already seen them in Ant-Man. And I do like how, like, just how it was so different from all the other shows. Just so creative, and all the, the sets and the costumes were amazing. So, yeah, it, it's my favorite. Nice. JD, your thoughts? Yeah, same. I think it is my favorite MCU show. Um, it introduces variants, right? It got us comfortable with the idea that Loki could be an alligator. He could be, he could look different. He could be identical. He could be a different gender, which that came before Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire's appearance, right? So it's like, it totally set the stage for this multiversal thing. And the introduction of He Who Remains was amazing. You know, it's crazy. We kind of knew he was the big Avengers villain once it started, that finale, and then he seems super goofy. And once he sits down and starts explaining the multiversal war, like, just, just the more and more you see this dude on screen, you're like, holy cow, he's he's going to be a great villain, just an incredible actor. And Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson, yeah. I could watch them forever just going back and forth with each other. So, yeah. And then the beginning when he's going through the his 
current self's future seeing his mom die um seeing what happened when thanos killed him and stuff like that there's a lot of emotion in there and takes us through one of the best arcs in the mcu loki's had Mm. the best story i think as a single character since thor one like what is that the second mcu movie third mcu movie until now that arc is still continuing so Mm. it's really good yeah it was definitely a good season for me. I mean, I I think I loved the finale more than maybe the finale of any other show that we've seen so far, oh, yeah. um, because of the introduction of He He Remains and and how well acted it was, and the fact that it then splits open the multiverse um, for the MCU essentially. So it's mm-hmm. um, definitely had some good things leading into the season, and obviously it's kicked off exactly where everything's ended uh, from season one. It, you know, it all starts off again in season two. First couple of episodes before today's episode. How were you guys feeling about it? What were your thoughts on this season before to, uh, before this week's episode? I just really liked how it picked right off, or picked up right from season one. Sometimes, you know, there's a time jump or things are different. <clears throat> it was just the moment season one ended is right where we picked up. And I really like that because you don't have to think as much or remember like, okay, what happened last season? It's just kicking right back up. Yeah. JD, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I love it. I think the premiere episode of season two was the best episode one of any season on Marvel yet. Um, it's the, the the kind of the mystery adventure. The whole it was super climactic in one single episode. Uh, sits us right back down where we left off, like Caleb said, and it has this super climactic ending. And then episode two brings loki back like you see him using his powers you see him acting like a villain you see him acting competent again and the first two episodes were amazing the third is probably my least favorite so far but i still liked it i didn't dislike it at all except for the except for jonathan major's performance you know (laughs) it's kind of like Mm ant-man the three every scene he steals but Mm -hmm. the the, you know the episode wasn't my favorite and that ant-man movie wasn't my favorite but yeah this season has been amazing (laughs) so far it's it's going to be better than season one for me david how have you been feeling about the first couple of episodes of uh of season two yeah so it's it's going good i i didn't even really want to watch it uh ahsoka finished up i was really deep in star wars and i just had no interest in watching like it came out the first day i don't think i watched the premiere until like sunday or something or maybe saturday but i just i had no drive to and as soon as i watched it i was hooked i was like oh okay no i'm back in you you brought me back in um it's solid premiere i don't know if it's my favorite moon knight might be my favorite opening episode just because that hooked me a lot but it was really good um and i think it's on pace for a really good show here because as i've been saying and we've been saying I'm over the multiverse stories, you know, I don't, I'm just over it. I I have no excitement for multiversal stories anymore. I just want to move on to a different era, even though we have a lot of time to go. But the first episode, it, it flipped a switch in me where it was like, okay, I'm done with multiversal stories after Loki because I'm, I'm, I'm hooked on this season. So I think they've done a really good job of bringing me back into it when I was at a place where I had no interest and wasn't really excited for it. So it's going good. Uh, and Jonathan Majors having a major part in this, I think, is really going to elevate the season too. So we'll see how often he's in it. But what's um, what's it about the multiversal stories that you're kind of done with already? Because to be fair, we only had a small handful in terms of the actual multiversal stories. Or is there something else that you've been looking at that you've got you bored of the multiverse? 
It's just, it's not just Marvel. It's just every medium over the last kind of five years, um, starting with Loki, uh, No Way Home, then Everything Everywhere All at Once, Flash, every major fandom, now World Between Worlds too, which I'm still good with that one, but every, ma- every major fandom has started to mess with alternate timelines, multiversal stories. And to an extent, I don't mind it, but I just feel like Marvel... The movies we've been getting in terms of Multiverse of Madness, which is okay. I didn't think it was terrible. Quantumania, all these things. I just feel like there's no stakes. There's variants of every character. There's an alternate character somewhere out there. So it just requires less stakes. It requires less creative writing because there's a lot more ways to just fix a plot hole with the multiversal issue. So I just feel like writers have been getting kind of lazy with it. And I'm just... I want more stakes. I want more grounded stuff going forward. I know we have Secret Wars coming out soon, but I just feel like it gives writers an excuse to not write as solid of a story. So Loki is doing a good job with it, but I feel like the majority have been underwhelming. Okay. I, I can get that, to be fair. Yeah, I can get behind the thinking of, because um, everyone is doing it a little bit, and that's fair enough. So we get into this week's episode then. And just as I said that, I've accidentally deleted my fucking notes. Um, so that's a, a great fucking start. <laughs> Hell, um... So I'm going to be doing this from uh, from memory for the rest of the episode. <laughs> hey, oh, uh, one thing, cool. though. Uh, Michael Waldron, he writes Loki. Didn't he write Multiverse of Madness, too? The I think Rick he Morty started, guy? but they pulled him off and somebody rewrote it, I think. Okay. Wasn't that one of those situations? I could be wrong. But I thought he was one of the guys who was replaced halfway through. Um, well, he's written both seasons of Loki, so he's killing it on Loki yeah. so far. I really like he him did write, as one of the... He, yeah, he wrote Multiverse of Madness, it looks okay, like. Okay, so all he, the way, he's so. like uh, Feige's right-hand man as a writer now. He's mm-hmm. up there at the top. Nice. Nice bit of knowledge drop there, Caleb. Nice. So we start off this episode, if my memory serves, um, obviously with um, with seeing Renslayer uh, reappearing uh, for the first time this series, and she's meeting up with Miss Minutes, um, and they're in Chicago in like what eighteen sixty odd, and they're there to drop off what is a TVA handbook to a young Victor Timely, um, obviously the the Kang variant that's coming in. <clears throat> And um, and obviously, you know, I guess the plan here is, you know, given the handbook, he's going to grow up sort of you know, knowing all these stuff, trying to build it. And their plan seems to be that they're going to you know, turn him into the next He Who Remains. Whether this is the same He Who Remains that we actually got in, in the finale of season one, or whether it's just a plan that he's put in place to mold the next person in, into that. Obviously, I'm sure that will be revealed in time, but... There's obviously been a huge theory going around this last week, um, or the last, especially in the last couple of days since this episode aired, is that, you know, is Victor Timely the one that then turns into Kang the Conqueror that we get in Ant-Man Quantumania, that then turns into He Who Remains, who ends the multiversal war? Do you guys have any particular thoughts about this theory? Caleb, do you want to kick us off? I think they're all different. I think He Who Remains was one version of Kang, and Victor Victor Timely is another version. And Kang the Conqueror, I feel like he wasn't born on Earth. Oh, they all are they all born on Earth? I guess they he are. Was, huh? And then they kind of okay. Victor Timely was as well. Yeah, because it said that they were in the sacred timeline, didn't they? Yeah, but it seems like I don't know. It's hard to tell with with Kang and time because time doesn't really matter to Kang. He can 
he could be born in the 1860s and live for the next thousand years, you know, with the shit he's doing. So mm-hmm. it could be, but I kind of like them being different because uh, when it comes to Victor, I kind of felt bad for him a couple times in this episode. Like Miss Minutes put him on this path in this contingency plan, but he's just this kid creating candles. Like he's obviously a very smart child, probably going to grow up to be a creator and an inventor anyways, but now he- his path is on a different direction. And even at the end when Sylvie's, you know, and he's like basically pleading for his life, I was like, damn, like maybe because there are good versions of Kane, correct? In the comics, yeah. like not all of them are villains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 But I, I, yeah. So I, I, I think they're all different. Jamie, any thoughts on this particular theory? No, dude, I, I have no freaking clue. You know, like, <laughs> There's millions of Kangs. Who knows which one this guy is? Like, why is it named Victor Timely? Why wouldn't he be named, um, what is it? It's like Nathaniel Richards or something like that. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. I, I, I honestly have no clue what to expect with this. <laughs> that could be a stage name. <clears throat> True. True. Well, True. Yeah. In the comics, it is. He, he goes yeah. back in time and he goes under the name of Victor Timely and, you know, okay. disguises himself as a 20th century inventor. Um, Straight and up. Actually sets stuff into, into play going he, like he like creates superheroes, actually. And his uh, his lab assistant was the one who created the human torch, that first superhero that fought with Captain America and Namor in World War Two. That was Victor yeah, Timely's yeah. lab assistant. So Victor Timely, Kang himself, had a hand in creating the first superheroes in the Marvel Universe kind of deal. So, Whoa, that's sick. but that's the main that's the main Nathaniel Richards in disguise. It's not a variant to my knowledge. So with everything in this series, it's super confusing. I think they're different too, though, and I think they're different. Because of one key factor in this episode, which when they go back to 1868, it says the sacred timeline. It says it right under 1868. We're on the sacred timeline. Mm -hmm. When we go to 1893 to the World Fair with Loki and Mobius, when they run into Victor and we go through everything, it says branched Branched, timeline. So is that even the same exact kid that they just dropped the book off in 1868? Or is that a branched variant? You know, I... So I have no idea, yeah. but my take is that they're not the same either. Um, but I'm I'm also a JD. I'm kind of lost. I don't really know because there's so many possibilities and variations. And he who remains said, you know, a bunch of me are coming now. He didn't say I'm coming back. He said a bunch of me are now going to be coming if you kill me. And now we have a bunch of different kings popping up here and there. So I think they're yeah. different, but it, it's confusing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I picked up on that same thing that um, when when Loki and, and Mobius go forward to um, to 1893, and it does say branched timeline. So I mm-hmm. figured that Renslayer dropping off the TVA book to a young Victor Timely then causes a branched timeline from the sacred right. timeline. So this oh. is this is now a you know a, a different part of the multiverse that he's gone a different path to what he would have done had he not had the book. And it's become a branched timeline in its own right. So okay, that makes sense actually. Yeah. Especially since it's also revealed in this episode that the um that the timelines that, that General Docs pruned in the last episode are growing back again as well already. Right. So it seems to be very little consequence to actually blowing up the timelines when they <laughs> seem to be able to grow back instantaneously. Um or they put very little stock, it seems, in this particular series about the fact that the whole end of the last series was you know, the branching of the timelines out from the sacred timeline. Yeah, right. And within an episode or two of this series, they've pruned shitloads of them but now they're all going back straight away so to me it they, felt like this was a huge consequence of of 
liking Sylvie's ending story to season one that they mm. then just seem to be using as a plaything now and not really <laughs> concentrating with it much in this particular season. Yeah. Multiverse. They so literally was... put a band-aid on it. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> you know? Literally like and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, so we do obviously pick up with with Loki and, and Mobius on the on the trail of of Renslayer and Miss Minutes. Um, you know, they're back in 1868. Decide there's nothing there. They jump forward to um, was it the World's Fair in Chicago, um, 1893, and obviously we get this um, this little thread or breadcrumb that they get that there's um, like a ghost clock terrorizing people, um, and that they need to obviously find out what's going on. And, and Mobius, I think, is obviously enamored with going to different food stalls. Um, <laughs> the the treat that they're eating here was a cracker jack or whatever it was. Um, mm. Do you guys know what this is at all? This isn't um, a, oh, yeah. a fair sweet. I'm particular. I'm I'm knowledgeable about. Oh yeah, yeah. cracker jacks. That's that's a big one over here. Baseball Classic. games. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. Um, yeah. yeah, it was actually invented at the World Fair. So that was like the first time oh. cracker jacks came into play was in the World Fair. So they were having the first time it dropped. But yeah, it was a big American staple for a while there. They still make it, but it's you know it's not like super. Was it like a type of popcorn now. or, or yeah, like caramel corn? Caramel corn. Yeah, oh, okay. caramel corn oh, with a little bit corn. of crunch in it, like a little See, piece like of toy action or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. They would always have a toy yeah, in their were, box, so the kids yeah, would be famous for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Fair enough. American history. Um, <laughs> so they're walking around. <laughs> they're walking around the um, the World Fair at different at different bits, and there's this obviously cool moment when they see the um, the Norse sort of um, bit where you've got Loki, Odin. Uh, sorry, you've got a Thor, Odin, and Balder, Balder the Brave, who, um, who has obviously yet to make an MCU appearance. There was a big rumor that he was going to be one of the Illuminati in Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. and he was going to be played by Daniel Craig. Obviously, that never came to uh, to fruition. Um, right. But obviously, to see Loki being slightly insulted that there wasn't a <laughs> um, a statue of him there was quite amusing. That was so funny. Why they even include Balder? <laughs> Nobody knows who he is. <laughs> like, he's just obviously pissed off. But it does confirm that Balder is canon in the MCU. Yeah. So, like you said, we haven't seen him yet, but it confirms that he is a part of that Norse, le- that Asgardian legend, the Norse legend. There, so it's interesting. And whilst Loki's like saying they don't even look like look who they're supposed <laughs> to, but they had the very actually uh, MCU accurate sort of um, like Odin and Thor had the, like the outfits that had like the six circles on them mm-hmm. on the armor. So they they still managed to get that right. Even Loki's like, well, they don't look right, and he's like, Thor's not that tall. <laughs> that was my favorite <laughs> so, part. Thor wasn't so even that tall. <laughs> <laughs> Just, that was a great scene. But um, that was a great moment. And then obviously they pick up that they see the um the the board with you know, Victor Timely's temporal marvels on it, um, and they go off to obviously his big show. And this is where we get the um the clip that we saw at the end of Ant Man Quantumania. Um, where obviously Rensler is there with Miss Minutes stuffed in her bag like like um like a dog on the subway, <laughs> and um and obviously Victor Timely comes on, and this is where the episode really starts for me in terms of as we've already mentioned, um, Jonathan Major's acting in this episode was absolutely top notch. You know, when you've got a guy who is going to have to pull off a dozen different types of Kangs that we're going to see, you know, he's got to nail every single one and give each one its own personality whilst making them all sort of intertwined at the same at the same point so this introduction he does where he you know it basically obviously introduces a version of the temporal loom um and 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 all that that goes along with it what were you guys feeling when when we had this this big introduction and this dramatic 
entrance to this character into this series. David? Um, yeah, it was cool. I kind of wish we didn't get the Ant-Man post-credit um, with that. It, it wasn't a big deal, um, which apparently that was thrown in last minute because they were going to have them stuck in the quantum realm for the post-credit scene, and then they changed it, and so they just threw in a Loki scene real quick. Um, but it was still it was still cool. Um, I thought, yeah, mainly my main takeaway is what you said, and that's Jonathan Major's acting um, direction with this different variant. It felt a little bit like He Who Remains with certain aspects of his kind of rapid speech and kind of almost stuttering a tiny bit, but it, it was still very different, obviously. So, yeah, another solid outing by Jonathan Majors is my my main takeaway from this. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all I got for that one. <laughs> JD? Um, yes. Yeah, it's incredible. Think about He Who Remains and then Victor Timely and then the Kang and Ant-Man 3. They're all so different, but played so well. Like his Victor Timely being like the Tesla of that era, right? He's, he's the inventor, which fits his character perfectly. And the way he acts like kind of psychotic about it, but he, it's like he's not playing a psycho. He's playing someone who believes in his work, but this person who believes in his work is just so into it that it's um, it, it, that he acts kind of psycho about it. Um <laughs> So it's just it's just incredible to see him on screen and to see like this doesn't look like a villain. He doesn't seem like a villain at all, right? He seems like a goofy inventor, like a back to the future guy. But <laughs> but we know he's gonna be an Avengers villain. Yeah, everything he does is super captivating and knowing that Loki knows who this guy is, but Victor Timely doesn't even know. Like there's just so <laughs> there's so many layers to it that uh it's just so captivating. Caleb? Yeah, this is definitely a dream role to have if you're an actor and you get you get I mean hopefully he's innocent. Oh, I mean hopefully <laughs> hopefully he's hopefully he didn't do anything wrong, okay? Cuz I want him to continue this role. He's perfect for Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed <laughs> it. But yeah, just and just how his like cadence, the way he talked, it was just perfect how he pulled off this it just seemed like an 1800s inventor. Mhm. I did Real quick, I thought he was a fraud at first. I thought we were getting to the He's point a con of artist. Oh, this is right, but then yeah. they they drop the line right after where he says, "No, he actually does believe in these inventions, and these invention inventions are real." But just like Howard Stark drops the line earlier in an Iron Man movie, he's limited by the technology of his time. Mm. So for a while, I was just like, this is just a con artist variant. And then it occurred, oh, no, these are legitimate things. They just don't have the power to support it. And when he does his little example um, on stage and it fries out, you can tell it's because they don't have enough power to actually power up that invention that he has there. But, yeah, I, I, I first was like, oh, this guy's just a joke. But <laughs> And he does state that it's a prototype on it, you mm -hmm. know, to everyone. Right. And obviously Loki does say to him, you're a confidence trickster. So you know, yes. you're tricking people into believing that these things are, are, are going to... Because like, I love that bit when the councilman comes up to him and he's like, these trousers don't work. And he starts to crouch down and he's just like, well, you look taller to me. He's physically trying to trick uh... him into believing that he's he's actually worked. And um, I don't know if you guys have this in America. Do you have, a, have you ever seen a show called Wallace and Gromit? Yes. Yeah. Claymation. So... When this guy comes up with these like mechanical trousers, there's 
there's one episode they do of this show where it's called um, Wallace and Gromit, The Wrong Trousers. And it's like these mechanical trousers that they put on and allows them to like move autonomously and, and do loads of different tasks at the same time. And that was just, I don't know if it was just me thinking that when that popped in. <laughs> huh. um, I'm sure Wallace and Gromit yeah. is more of a UK thing, to be fair. More people might have, from the UK might have, have clicked onto that one. But I think we got, kick in. we got Chicken Run out here as a US mm. The theatrical release which was done by the same wallace and gromit animators yeah, right. and writers and stuff so i think that kind of yeah blew up over here yeah that's fair um and obviously we get the bit where um you know he's obviously paying this guy to say that he wants to buy the temporal loom and to tricks the other mobster type guy into obviously billing a lot of money mm-hmm. i'm not sure what a thousand dollars equates to in modern day money in 1893 but I'm guessing it's it's quite a lot of money <laughs> yeah probably a lot i have yeah. no idea either but for like ten thousand but um i always laugh at the fact that like he, he just does it he sells it for a thousand dollars he gives them the money and just walks away like no indication of how the machine actually works there's no he's like, i'm gonna right. give you the manual nothing like that he's just like cool it's yours take it <laughs> see you later it's <laughs> just so yeah that's um, a lot and obviously we get red and slayer pushing in trying to obviously chat to the guy and then obviously mobius and loki all turn up and it's a bit of a ruckus um and then obviously it kicks off with a guy telling him, you know, your machine's a fraud. It's um, and it begins this big chase scene where they're sort of going around. Um, this again, what I loved about this episode was the music, the the score for mm. this because it was all done in sort of like you know the an eighteen hundreds ditty, yeah, you know, fair type music. And we had it straight from the off in this episode with you know the th- the Marvel theme tune wasn't the normal yes. one; it was the little the little dinky piano type one. And in a different point. So I think when they when there's the musicians doing the intro for Victor Timely before he comes on stage, mm-hmm. it was um it was like a variation of the actual Loki theme itself. Oh, okay. So all, you know, the score for this was was to me was fantastic. Um, but then you get all these classic like you know old school chases that you used to see in like old school films and TV series where you know, someone tries to hide behind a pillar and they all just run past him and just sort of mm-hmm. like, where is he? They look around and go, there he is when he's like five feet from you and then chase after him again. Yeah. Um, Kenobi until we get chase onto, scenes. Yeah. <laughs> until we get onto the Ferris wheel. Um, you know, Victor tricks the gangsters, they go onto the, the Ferris wheel and then we get, um, we get Sylvie turn up. Now, I don't know about you guys. Sylvie's been annoying the crap out of me in this series so far. <laughs> Her single-minded vision of what she wants to do is correct above all else. Um, you know, the bad decision that she took at the end of the series, one to kill he who remains anyway, still bugs me. Because she's like, I don't care about the multiverse or anything else that's going to happen. I just want to kill this guy and, and be done with it. Like, yeah, you can understand, as she later says in this episode, about her obsession with this kind of thing is it can be crippling. But at the same point, how have you guys felt about Sylvie? Am I alone in thinking that she's been annoying in, in what she's been want- wanting to do so far in this series? Or have you do you understand it from her point of view? I, I I could I see your side of it. I don't really have a take on her right now. I feel like I do get that. Yeah, it's kind of getting obnoxious that she keeps thwarting everything they're trying to do, even though obviously Loki and Mobius have something going on and she just won't hear them out and just wants to kill every king she can get her hands on. Um, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't been annoyed or liking her at all. She's kind of just been whatever for me this season so far. And she is a Loki. Right. So she does have that in her Um, and she does kind of have a point about giving him the book and just, you know, sending him back to the TVA 
that could end badly. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're really sending he who remains or who she thinks is right back to where he gained all this power. Like, do right. we really want to do that? That couldn't, you know, that Fair couldn't point. be safe. Yeah. I'm super Oops. with you. Ever since she killed uh, he who remains <laughs> in the last season, I was annoyed with that. And this season, just fully one dimensional. Like all she thinks about is just killing him. Well, what if millions of uh, his variants come? I'll kill them too. Like, no, you won't. Shut up. You're not going to do anything. <laughs> and like, yeah, just super one dimensional. <laughs> she <laughs> working at McDonald's. You're working she was at McDonald's interesting right now. Are you going to be ready for the Kang stuff? <laughs> you're not, not even yes, training. So. Sorry. <laughs> no, so I'm with it you. Was, it was the literal conversation in in the um, in the Ferris wheel. That, that annoyed me about it because she just comes along. She's like, obviously Loki and Mobius are trying to do something. They're trying to save time in a way, aren't they, by getting the temporal loom fixed? And, and she's just like, I don't care. I want to kill him. I told you I'd kill all of his variants. It's just like, come on, get over yourself. And she doesn't give a shit that what they're trying to do, right. you know. And it just annoys me right. that she's so singular in that focus and not thinking about the bigger picture. And like, and like you said, you know, she's like, well, I'm gonna, you know, if there's millions of Kang variants coming, I'm just gonna kill them all. And it's like, but it's kind of your fault that they're coming in the first place. Um, yeah. So, you know, buck your ideas up a little bit and get on side with um, with the plan. <laughs> I I was glad she decided to let him go finally. Mm. Yeah, you know, at mm-hmm. the end of the episode, she finally decided not to be her predictive self and make a decision outside of the that that one dimensional character. This is something I was thinking that maybe this is where we do get the change of her character because, as you said, it's been a bit one-dimensional for her and, a, and the singular focus to to bring down the TVA and then to kill you know Kang or, or whichever variant pops up. So this is likely to be the catalyst for her change and her getting back on side with with Loki and and, and the plans that they need to do moving forward. Do you reckon? Yeah, and or, I hope so. Sorry, no. Or, it, well, <laughs> I was going to say, just because I want to see her on the good side. Like, she's a pretty cool character when she's not that one-dimensional whatever she's got going on lately. It'd be good to see her by the, with the side of Loki and Morbius, uh, Mobius, um, you know, adding Ooh. more dimensions to her <laughs> character. Like Morbius coming into this uh, series. Right? Yeah, Morbius. It's moment time. <laughs> but... Um... <laughs> So um, we also get the, um, I think the bit that we see in the trailer where um, just before that, where obviously Miss Minutes turns into giant <laughs> ghost clock and yeah. um, and scares everyone away at the fair. That was um, kind of crazy, but kind of cool at the same time. What's What's been your take on, because Miss Minutes got proper weird in this episode. Um, so what have your been thoughts on her in this episode? She you know, This was weird AI that seems to have been allowed to develop her own programming and seems to... I've got a bit of um, crazy psycho girl about her in this. AI episode. is a horn yeah. dog. AI <laughs> is a horn dog. Yeah, this is why you don't mess with AI, right? Mm-hmm. You have a clock oh. who wants to have sex with you, and she wants to have a body. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, Creepy. As she hell. wants to be human as possible, basically. Yeah. Yes, and I just watched Blade Runner twenty forty nine yesterday for the first hey. time, and it reminds me of uh, Ryan Gosling's AI girlfriend. Right when he gets to the yep. Eminator. And she finally has a body. Oh, but yep. Miss Minutes is creeping me out, man. I was kind of like <laughs> when we saw the trailer of her being like a Godzilla to the fair, walking over everybody. I was like, what the hell is she actually doing? I didn't like it, but that made sense. She just was causing a distraction. Mm. Um, but man, she yeah, she's freaking me out, man. I don't know if I like her. Yeah. I 
I will say the the scene was pretty funny where Ravona keeps taking credit for stuff as Miss Minutes is like, I'm the one who, <laughs> yeah. what what do you mean? And like, after a while of correcting her, she kind of just kept making noises in the background. Like Ravona would say something, then Miss Minutes would scoff. And then you see slowly in the background, <laughs> Miss Minutes scooting over into the frame with a side um, eye. Like I, So the little stuff like that, I thought was hella funny. But yeah, overall, it was pretty weird how, again, she was a... Uh, She's trying to get Kang. Mm. I don't know how to put it in a safe way, talking about a clock wanting to have sex with a man, but it was pretty weird uh, <laughs> how into it she was getting. So I don't know what she, to feel about Miss Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, adds... like the, um, like, it's like the AI version of, um, of Pinocchio in some weird way. I want to be a real girl. <laughs> 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 Sorry, JD, you were going to say? <laughs> I was going to say it adds way more to the character than I expected. I didn't really think she was going to play any kind of role the way she is now. I thought she was just kind of there to give <laughs> us fair. information at first. <laughs> right. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm not sure we needed this, to be fair. But, um, <laughs> Ultron Miss Minutes. Uh, <laughs> Collision Course. Ultron oh. Mary's Miss Minutes. Uh-oh. Age of Ultron coming back. God. Could minutes of Ultron. <laughs> Ooh, that was pretty much what we got the first time. It was just some minutes. It was not that long. <laughs> but yeah, we're absolutely creepy in this episode. Um, what role she's going to play moving forward, we'll have to see. Does it? I mean, as obviously, I get to hear a lot of American accents and and the variations between them. I I always think it's like when you guys hear different Brits with American accents. I don't know how much it stands out more, but her sort of is it like a Southern States accent that that that, mm-hmm. that she has that makes mm-hmm. it just so much weirder for me and creepier <laughs> when she's coming on that strong. It's and like an old school accent. Old school yeah. southern accent. It's like too. a fifties, sixties southern accent. Like, it's not like, like my yeah. ashes kind of pouring out of your mouth, <laughs> coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I know. I didn't even think about that. I did a Loki lightweight impression earlier, and <laughs> Andy's probably thinking, "God, that was awful." <laughs> Little British accent there, and yeah. <laughs> Brits are better at American accents than Americans oh, yeah. are at British. It's accents. not even close, bro. There's like one in fifty Americans who can actually nail a British accent. Maybe, probably less. But there's there's so many actors where I find out they're British, and I'm like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Like they sound American. Yeah. Like I had no idea. Dude, Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy, Jax from mm. Sons of Anarchy was the biggest one for me. First time I heard him after being an American biker and everything, and then holy. <laughs> What? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Hugh Jackman was a big one. Tom Holland, kinda. Yeah. Or uh, Rick from Walking Dead. Oh, that was yeah. big. Yeah, yeah, that was a big one too. Big surprise. Obviously, there are a, a plethora of actors oh, yeah. in the MCU who are British playing Americans. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe it'd be nice to get Captain Britain in there at some point. Let's have an, an actual proper. They should Henry English Cavill. <laughs> That's why, yeah, I was just thinking Henry Cavill would be perfect for that role. So, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so in this episode, we move on to obviously they um, they go back to his little his little pied de terre, I think he calls it, and they <laughs> gather his stuff, and they decide that you know they need to escape, and we get again this fantastic moment where you get the gangsters turning up wanting to get him, and then Loki and, and Mobius show up, and and Mobius is kind of giving in to Loki using his magic now a bit more in this in this series. He you know, had it in the last episode, um, and then he's like, "Fine, do your thing." Obviously, we, we, earlier <laughs> where that big guy was like, "Yeah, that was he stood on my foot," and he's just like, just vanishes him outside into the pig cage. It's um, so funny seeing him out there. 
Because <laughs> I wonder where he went at first, and then he's out there all pissed off. In the pit <laughs> and um, and then obviously, yeah, when we just get that bit then where he just like the gangsters and the, and you just hear the leader running off, going, "They're yours, it's fine," running off with his tail between his legs. <laughs> Yeah, and um, they have obviously this chase, and then we get the you know, the fact that they can't find them, and they're off on the boat to go to his real lab, and we get this, like you said, the the scene with Miss Minutes being funny in the background, always scoffing at Ravona, trying to take credit for everything, and the 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 impressions in the background were quite amusing, to be fair, in the in this whole scene mm. of her um, just giving the side eyes and and not being particularly happy and. And stuff, and then obviously convincing Victor to to dump Ravona in the boat <laughs> and just and just cast her away. Um, and then she's like, "Oh, you're mine now." And then obviously they get to his actual lab, and um, and we get obviously Miss Minutes being super super creepy. Um, but we get a good obviously look at some of the stuff that's in around his lab. Was there anything around here that sort of maybe caught your your eye at all, guys? In terms of potential things that we can see, I've got. A big one that I've I've read about that is a potential for the future of of a Kang of all Kang variants. I didn't see anything. I watched on a phone in the airport, mm. so I didn't really want anything in the background. Yeah, yeah. Should well, have the, um, the actual thing that well, the actual thing they go back to the lab for. He says that is you know, is going to be his greatest ever invention. That he picks up that little thing and clips it, and it obviously oh. zooms back. Yeah, that looks exactly like Kang the Conqueror's time power chair. source, right? Mm. Oh, okay, okay. So the the in Ant Man Quantumania, his actual time chair that he uses to you know, move through time and and, mm. and, and space. It's like and a stuff. mini yeah. miniature version, like a mini of, version yeah. of that. Okay, nice. So obviously, whether this is, I'm guessing it's not in the TVA handbook that they've got a time chair. Um, but you know, if he's something that he says is going to be his greatest invention, and he's working towards this, is why it also I think linked into that theory that that Victor Timely, Kang the Conqueror, and then he who remains technically become the same person. Because he's making these inventions that then he uses in the future to become that person, and then moves on beyond that. Oh, interesting. Well, that well, makes me want to ask you: What, what do you think, Andy? Because did we throw out some theories or lack thereof? But what do you think this is? <laughs> he who remains. Um, it is an interesting one. Um, I'm not sure. I t- I. I'd like to see it tie in, but as you, you did say, that there's going to be so many different variants of Kang that we're going to see that it, it, it would be stupid to maybe mold like one into three of the biggest ones. Because obviously he's going to play a massive role in the rest of the series. Yeah, we were told originally that the, the Kang that was in Ant-Man was the Kang the Conqueror, as we know that you know, the person of that name. And that we saw in obviously some of the, the flashes and stuff in, in the film that this is the one that's gone to various timelines and universes and defeated all the different Avengers and stuff. Um, so I don't think it, the Kang the Conqueror and he who remains are the same person, but the fact that a plan was set in motion for Victor Timely to turn into he who remains okay. could possibly link those two together rather than Kang the Conqueror. I think Kang is going to be a bit different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he who remains and Victor Timely, I think there's many possibilities that they turn into the same one. Um, or he turns into something very, very close to being the same one anyway. Right. Well, something you're talking about real quick, Cub, you're talking about, you know, using this temporal aura and turning one person into another or focusing, you know, a variation of a bunch of different people maybe and turning it into this new person. Um, that was a big thing in the comics too with Kang and Ravona. All their variants, they they had this pattern of 
they'd get together, but they couldn't stay together. Something tragic would happen. They'd be pulled apart. And so Kang's mission over time was to like focus the aura or the temporal aura, I think, of Ravona and somehow channel it into one person who he's able to be together with in the future. Essentially, he just tries to take a bunch of variations of Ravona or whatever and create this perfect being that he's able to actually spend the rest of time with. And so, yeah, it seems like we're getting flashes here and there of kind of that exact thing. Um, but it goes with, so Ryan from screen crush was talking about this and he was talking about how we're kind of getting that pattern of they're trying to avoid something, but time keeps repeating and the same result keeps happening, whatever he remains is going to come back even after he was killed, all that stuff. And the definition of that is Ouroboros, which Ouroboros means an endless loop of events that cause themselves to happen. So like you go back, you try to avoid something by going into time and you actually end up creating that thing to happen. So that's a major theme. Obviously we get the character Ouroboros OB there. Um, so it seems like that's a major focus here is whatever this temporal aura process is of, I don't know, combining the two there where he's turning into he who mm. remains and the same thing is going to be put on repeat. So there's a lot of theories out there that by the end of the season, this season is going to cause a bunch of events that we're already familiar with. And so them doing everything, thinking it's going to change everything is actually the reason why everything happened the way we saw it. And if that's not simple and straightforward enough for you, I, I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> It's hard to explain, but I kind of got lost halfway through it. But it's just super interesting in the whole connection with Ouroboros and stuff. They, they're they putting together a little web here. Yeah, it is. Well, Obi's definitely been an interesting character in terms of there's been a lot of theories thrown around about him in terms of he has he been one of the very few that hasn't had his mind wiped because he right. remembers so much from what's happened at the TVA in the terms of how long the timescales have been and things like that. You know, there's been a lot of theories thrown out that he's not necessarily a villain, but he's going to play or turn bad at some point because if the TVA can't be saved or the temporal room can't be fixed, then he sort of loses his purpose at the TVA. And then as a result, that links up with potentially now Victor Timely or or he's been in league with He Who Remains at, at some point throughout the time of the TVA. So yeah. any, any thoughts about OB potentially being a bad guy in this or, or becoming you know, a villain? Well, so Victor Timely like made a point to say he recognized Ouroboros, or Ouroboros really mm -hmm. stood out to him. So I'm wondering if he was, though he who remains like right-hand man back in the day, uh, he does have so much knowledge, and he is obviously playing such a big role. And yeah, just the way that he really took note of Ouroboros himself as Victor Timely, that really seems like that would lead to him in the future, like seeking him out, looking for his advice or counsel, and then becoming really close in one way or another. Yeah. Caleb, any thoughts? Um, I, I, I kind of like that because Victor's definitely his number one fan right now. Cause you know, he, he's the only one who's read mm -hmm. that handbook, you know, mm -hmm. front, front and back multiple times. Well, so I would like to see Casey, that. And, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say. and Casey as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big threat. <laughs> <laughs> and OB does seem very controlling or not controlling, but he, he's very protective of his, of the, temporal or aura whatever it's called and you know he definitely wants things his way he you know, he he shut the doors on mobius like he was gonna let him die out there when thing you know yeah. when t time was running out so he'll he'll do whatever it takes to get the job done basically and i, I could see him switching sides 
And he wrote that handbook and it's become such a prevalent thing in this season. The handbook has popped up every episode and, you know, like we said, Casey there, he memorized it. And obviously that's the book that was given to Kang as a kid that's setting all of this into motion. And that book was written by Ouroboros. So there's got to be, yeah, there's got to be some connection there. And like you said, Andy, I don't think he's had his mind wiped because he remembers mm. seeing Mobius 400 years before that or whatever the case oh, was yeah. there. So, yeah, I didn't even really consider that but yeah he seems to be tied very closely to he who remains does um did you guys ever watch the show legends of tomorrow like in the arrowverse shows no i haven't no no it's probably gonna be lost then but i was just thinking about casey compares to a guy on that show called gary who's like okay. um he's he's like at the head of the, the the their version of the tva in in legends of tomorrow i can't remember what they're called to be fair it's been a, a minute since i've watched it but he's there as sort of like a geek nerd, but almost like a bit of light comic relief who they can kind of pick on and throw shit at and, you know, and stuff like that. So, so anyone out there that's seen Legends Tomorrow knows the character of Gary. Probably um, tell me if I'm wrong or not, but it kind of just reminds me of that guy, to be fair. But um, back in this episode, we get to this point where, um, you know, Victor has managed to uh, send Miss Minutes back into her tempad um, so she can stop gushing over him and being really freaky. And then Ravenna turns back up with obviously what is an, an early vari- variation of the um, of the pruning stick, mm. and um, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was good to see an early version of that. In terms of, um, I don't know whether it actually prunes. It prune that mannequin. Well, I was just thinking in terms of, <laughs> does it actually send them to the end of time? Does that mean just a uh, random mannequin appears for Alligator Loki to uh, to climb <laughs> over? But or whether it just destroys it. But it was good to see an early version of that and. And then obviously Sylvie turns back up again, content on finishing her master plan of just killing Kangs with, with no consequence. And um, and this is when we get another good speech from um, from obviously Victor and, and obviously Jonathan Majors pulling it off again with this heartfelt thing saying, you know, you don't know the heart that I've got me, you don't know the person that I am. Yeah. I'm not the person that you think I am. And she then obviously seems to have her her change of heart and a, a turn of, of, of faith, so to speak, and lets them disappear. And Obviously, that moment when she just looks over at Ravenna, she's like, I'll deal with her. You lot get out of here. And, um, <laughs> and maybe it's obviously gives Ravenna a look of like, well, you've had your fucking chance. Now I don't give a shit no more. I'm going to leave you to uh, <laughs> to the whim of Sylvie. And um, did you, obviously, I, it was probably unlikely, but did any of you, any part of you guys think that, you know, Ravenna was going to get killed at this point and Sylvie would probably get a little bit of revenge? I didn't just because of the comics history. I figured we're going to get more of her and Kang going forward. Right. Split second. Yeah, I thought she might have died. Thought thought she could have died just because it's just because of Sylvie's character. You know, she kills everybody. She doesn't care. She'll just kill you. <laughs> she is a wild card. Although I did like her line, and she's like, "Obviously, I've imagined your death a thousand times in my head, and each time was more brutal than the last." I was like, yes, yes, yes make brutal. it brutal now. <laughs> There's a couple of solid lines there in that scene mm. between uh, Timely and Sylvie. And um, but then we get this obviously interesting moment to me was where you know Sylvie's like, "It's all about power for you. You just want a seat at the end of time." And then opens up a time door using obviously the um, you know the tempad that she stole from He Who Remains. Yeah. And kicks Ravona through into the Citadel at the end of time. And I think there's an interesting thing here is how much time technically has passed at the Citadel at the end of time because it's it looks completely run down and destroyed. And obviously yeah. the uh, the dead body of he who remains still sits there and is turned a bit obviously ghoulish as it's <laughs> uh, as it's decomposing. Um, 
I guess obviously there's you know, sitting at the end of time, time works differently the same way it does in the TVA, so it's not on a linear timeline. But it seems obviously a lot of time must have passed theoretically then for the for the Citadel to be in such disrepair right now, yeah. He looked decomposed, so it's had to have at least been like a week. You could see a skull. <laughs> I don't know how quickly it takes for a skull to be exposed on a dead body, but I feel like it's got to be a, actually probably way longer than a week. Um, I don't know. It, it looked like a lot of time had passed, but I don't know why she kicked her there. I feel she has a temp pad. She can can't she just leave? Doesn't she? She pulled out Miss Minutes with a temp pad as soon as she got kicked into there. So it was like, can't she just? go back to wherever she wants if she's got a temp pad am i missing something there maybe know. it was only he who remains his temp pad that had access to the citadel at the end of time yeah rather maybe. than yeah. just okay. to go back so she's kind of stuck there now she doesn't have that hyperdrive to get out of this galaxy oh sorry that was the wrong <laughs> show that's <a> <laughs> find the um, eye of I, I did yeah they need an eye to get out of there i had one quick question that this scene kind of popped up um does a dead body still retain a temporal aura for some time would they be able to bring that dead Kang body back to the TVA to unlock that temporal temporal aura lock that they need from He Who Remains? Like the whole reason they brought Victor Timeline? Could you just bring the dead body? How does that work? Mm. Check with Obi. Maybe not. Doctor Strange like too. The, um... <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I guess it would be more That's like good. it was kind of like a soul in a way, isn't it? So yeah, probably. Like once you're dead, the temporal aura evaporates or something. So yeah, yeah. If you have one femur, one single femur or phalange, you're good. <laughs> but, um, we get the the big question that's then left at the end of this um, episode where, um, you know, Ravona brings Miss Minutes back out of the tempad and she's like, love you. Oh, damn. <laughs> I've been sent away. Um, and she and she basically reveals that she knows a big secret about Ravona, you know, and it's going to make her really angry. And I've read a good 10, 15 different theories that this, what this could be. But obviously there's two quite big and quite obvious ones. Um, JD, I think I sent you this, this video on TikTok. If you, um, if you saw it in terms of what the, um, what the theory would be. Um, one of these matches up to obviously who the, <laughs> JD's like, I've got a fucking clue what you sent me. Don't worry, mate. I'm not, um, <laughs> opens phone. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not accidentally oh, sending the, you the like, um, ain't, ain't, yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah, so I'm, she I'm might not, be a variant. I'm not accidentally sending you angels videos again. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> David and David and Lovejoy, where well, I accidentally, by somehow, sent a video to to the Vice Insidious page on TikTok, and it was like somebody covering Robbie Williams' Angels song. <laughs> Just a song. <laughs> don't know. Don't know how I yeah. did that. Don't know when that happened, but I'm like, here for it. You can send me those. <laughs> Jamie just saw it and, and just fucking ignored it. So oh, I just didn't know. That's <laughs> He's funny. just like, Andy's hitting on me again, like Miss Minutes. <laughs> He's getting hot and stanky. <laughs> getting serenaded on TikTok. <laughs> but um, but yeah, the the two big theories here is that um that Ravona is a Kang variant herself. Um, in the much way that like Sylvie is obviously a Loki variant, that she is a, a female Kang variant. Um, but she also potentially could be the the wife of He Who Remains, and he wiped her memory and put her in charge of the TVA. And to me, that oh was the God. one that would ring more true, because we know that they were coupled up in the comics. But also, you know, why would her being a, van a Kang variant make her really angry? Finding out that you were the wife of He Who Remains, and then he wiped your memory and put you back into the TVA would probably make you a lot angrier, I think. 
guys, any thoughts on those two theories? That's that's she, the one that in, sticks. Go ahead, love. Yeah, but, yeah. In season one, she saw in season one she saw her past as a teacher and stuff, right? So she she already knows where she was t- taken from, correct? Like she knows her past as a teacher. Do so we I, know I, that was I, her, or could that have been a variant of her? I don't know. I'm trying to remember how that. Did Sylvie show her her past? Think, Is that how that yeah, worked? Yeah, I okay. think Sylvie okay. showed her her past. So we already know uh, no, that because no, that was she my wasn't first there thing. To see that. that was when um, Hunter B15 went there and showed some of the other people that uh, the people that were hunting them that this was a variant of Renslayer. Oh, this was sorry, this was Renslayer on oh, the she never, timeline. Rens- so Renslayer she never, was never there, huh? No, no, she wasn't there for that bit. Some, that, I think that's what is going to make her angry that she was taken from her life as just like everyone else was. She's not this special privileged person. She was just plucked like everyone else. I I like she, the theory of it being his wife though. Just just because yeah. of the fact of she's obviously super important. We get those recordings of the past of him telling her she's, you know, exquisite or magnificent or whatever. Um so there was obviously some reason there and some reason he put her in charge. So I kind of like that. Um maybe he thought well, the only that, way well, was that in the past though. That's something I've been wrestling with. That recording? With. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, well. what well, Loki says, he assumes it's the past. But he's talking about the fact that, you know, with the war to come and everything like that, that he, you know, once they win, he's going to be happy to, to lead with her by his side or lead together. And that seems like a, a, a conversation they've had in the future once they team up. And, and we finally get the he who remains or, or a type of he who remains that's close to the original. But that's they also did have that war already, right? They had the multiversal war in the past, and that's and he who remains locked down all of the kings because of the chaos they were all bringing out there. And um, I thought they confirmed it was the past, though, because Loki drops the ball and it cracks the floor, and then they shoot forward whenever back to the current day when everybody knows him, and the cracks in the floor are still there from what Loki caused from that time he was there. So I thought that was already confirmed that he was jumping between the past and the future in the TVA at that point. Oh, but uh, okay. again, oh, yeah, I don't he, know. Yeah. There's nothing clear cut with this, really. But yeah, yeah, it was, he was definitely jumping back and forth. It was just the mm-hmm. fact that it seemed he and Loki was the one that said it. I heard this recording from the past, but it just seemed to me like if it was a constant loop of the fact that you know he who remains wins the multiversal war, everything's oh, stable crap. for a while, then it gets unleashed and goes round again. That potentially it could have been. Loki going to the future, but unknowingly knowing gotcha. that he wasn't in the future rather than the past. It was just something that had been on my mind, that was all. So. Right. Yeah. But JD, any any thoughts on, on those those theories about who Renslayer is? Uh, the wife thing, because that's the only thing I know about them in the comics, and I just found that out like a week or two ago, so when I read that in the comics, I was like, Renslayer? No freaking way! Like She's obviously such a big <laughs> character in season one and this season here, so... I didn't know what to expect just because they said it'll make her so mad. Um, so that was my first thing. I was like, okay, maybe that is a wife. And then the theories online about mind wiping. I was like, yeah, that seems like the only thing that would make any sense. Why she would be angry at it. Something important that she doesn't know. Who who said she was going to be really mad? Sorry, I think I missed this. Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes. She's like, I, I know a big secret about you, but it's going to make you really angry. That's what she oh, says to her at the end of the episode. I think I kind of overlooked that part. Okay. <laughs> Must have been calling off flight at the, uh, at the time. <laughs> I've been asleep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but then, yeah, so obviously I'm pretty sure we're, 
you know, we'll find out before the end of the series at least, you know, when the um what that secret's gonna be, whether they will get a straight review yeah. in the next episode. I'm not sure. I think there's something they're gonna play on, but Caleb, what are your predictions then for the rest of this series? You know, halfway through now, only three episodes to go. I always feel like it's short when it's when it's only six episodes long. Obviously, Victor Timely is going to be playing a huge role in whether he becomes a good guy or a bad guy. But what are your thoughts on on where the series goes in the second half? I could see things ending poorly again, like they did in season one, where because Kang's still going to be out there. This isn't the end of Kang or any of his variants. So I think Victor might take over the TVA at the end because there are those Kang statues. I love that in the first episode; those five Kang heads that mm. all you know right next to each other, super cool. So I think my prediction is Victor is going to take over. But then it's kind of... I don't want to do a repeat of season one, though, where Loki Loki has to be in a different situation, though, not just, like, back to where he started again. Maybe him and Sylvie have a new plan together. But if... She's going to be so pissed if if they screw this up again and he takes over. So... JD, your thoughts? Uh, that's why I hate multiversal stuff. Theories are so hard, but I really, I think he's going to start getting a little crazy, getting a little mad. And I don't know. They're going to have to realize they shouldn't bring him back to the TVA, but at that point it's just too late. And you know, then he takes control and kind of does whatever. And then iron lad, let's go with a big iron lad theory. <laughs> He'll show up and kind of be a good guy for a second. And, um, cause I think yeah. we are going to get iron lad at some point. He's a huge part of the Kang lore. And we're kind of missing out on those, that central Iron Man figure. Uh, actually, no, go... we got we, we we got plenty of Iron Man characters yeah, nowadays. Actually, I'm kind of going the opposite. We have too many Iron Man. Ca- Even the Dora Milaje <laughs> are becoming Iron Man characters nowadays. <laughs> and then Riri Williams. But yeah, man, I don't know. It's so hard. But yeah, he is obviously mm. going to start going crazy and playing into that more villainous role. And but 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 Caleb said you can't just do the same thing as last time, like end on a note where king is in charge of the tva the same you know it's just too hard with all this time jumping multiverse crap <laughs> david yeah i'm more so on jd's side with this one i don't have a solid theory i it's hard because i want to say things are going to get reset at the end of this and this is kind of going to hopefully lead into maybe some newer things like fantastic four or something like that variations but we still have secret wars which is supposed to actually reset the mcu and that's not coming out for four freaking years so i don't know what lasting effect this season is gonna be but i'm gonna have to make the prediction that the end the end events doesn't have that big of effect on the MCU going forward, I think, because there's still so much time between Secret Wars that I don't know what massive change they could do right now. So mm. I do think that Kang will reign at the end of this. We still have Kang Dynasty coming forward. So either Victor Timely or another Kang variant were introduced in the next episode or so is going to be that vicious Kang that we start to get to know more and more and lead into a more vicious ruler. Um but I don't, yeah, I, I think a Kang is going to win. I just don't know which one at this point, but Kang will be on top at the end of the season. Yeah. I, my, my brain just calculated something amazing. Well, no, but maybe incursions will come more <laughs> well, back into play <laughs> uh, during the end of this. And some of all the chaos and all the tampering they've been doing just causes like, yeah a super increase in incursions and that's why Deadpool and Wolverine have to go through and start killing a bunch of things to preventing incursions or something. Let's go with, let's go with that. 
I like that. I like that. <laughs> well, the, apparently, the um, the writers have come out and said that this series will not end on a cliffhanger, whether we huh. believe them or not. I I. I, I don't, don't know to be honest because I think the writers and the producers and directors always have varying thoughts on on right. such things as we've had before. Yeah. So whether we believe them or not, but um, what I'd love to see actually at the end of this series is as a post credit scene because we know that the TVA and Mobius are going to be part of, of Deadpool three. Obviously confirmed, mm. they're going to oh, be yeah. a, quite a big part of this. Would we not Sorry. love to see a Deadpool post credit scene at yeah. the end <sighs> of this series? Linking it then together, rather than the TVA just randomly showing up in Deadpool three, or the you know, or Deadpool using um, using the watch that he had in Deadpool two to be time jumping around mm-hmm. and just stumble into a universe with the, uh, meeting Mobius and the TVA. It'd be just good to see a little post credit scene to start linking that together. <laughs> or, they they pull him into court like Loki was in the beginning of season one. <laughs> right. Deadpool's oh. at court. <laughs> He's just like, what the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm here for a Deadpool uh, post credit in literally anything. I don't care if it's a Star Wars movie. I'm I'm here for it to pop up. So yeah, let's see that. Um, one thing that was in this episode, which is not going to lead to something, but I'm gonna throw it out. We're in the theory era. Um, in the flags at the Great World, the World's Fair, among all the countries' flags, some eagle-eyed viewer pointed out that there was a Latvian flag towards the center of it which is oh, wow. the home of Latveria, my man, Dr. Doom, who we've been talking about. So pretty much confirmed Killian Murphy will be in the finale playing as <laughs> Dr. Doom for this wow. season. Yeah. Well, yes. It's a branch timeline though. So it's not, it's not the sacred timeline where the MCU is. Damn it, Andy. Oh. Sorry. I'm just going to be, be the annoying bubble burster there. Sorry. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> no, very, very, very well eagle eye viewer to, to get that. I didn't notice that at all. To be fair, I've watched it like three times. So. <laughs> but um, we're, we're halfway through this series now. Is is this series really progressed enough? I was chatting to someone about it this morning in terms of you know, what they've covered in, in three episodes. Could they not have done this in about an episode and a half and progressed the story on further? Or do you feel like it's it's moving at a good enough pace for this kind of thing? Because it's not a full-out action series, is it, where you know we need loads of action scenes and fighting scenes going on. It's more of a um, more of a, of a slow burner in a way, with with obviously the more dramatic type of series. But is it progressed enough for you guys? Ooh, um, I will say with three episodes left, they still have a chance to make me think they did. But if we have any kind of filler next week. You know, then we're getting to that's that's getting to be a little problematic. So, yeah, no, for the three episodes, yes, because we got the setup with pretty much what happened at the end of season one that continued really well. We got the introduction to Victor Timely by episode three, and I don't think there's any other option but for things to start popping off. And if things do start popping off, I think that pacing went really well. Now, if we have one single slow episode, then it becomes a problem because there's only three left. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's a little slow for three episodes, but if the last three are just fire, get to the point and then the finale's crazy. I, I won't, I won't mind these first three at all. Yeah. That's the thing with this. So if this was a normal season, I think the pace has been perfectly fine. I thought the first episode was pretty intense. There's a lot of stuff happening. And then, 
the third episode just opened up doors for some craziness to happen. It's just six episode seasons are hard, man. They're just really hard to kind of work around with when you have such a broad story to tell, so much stuff, you know, spread out to cover and I just these six episode seasons are tough to work with. So when you put it in that regard, yeah, maybe a little too slow. I, but I agree with JD. They just have no wiggle room left. Um, mm. They can't mess around for an episode. You know, you've done this. It's been somewhat slow. So you really need these three episodes to pack a punch. Absolutely. Any final thoughts or anything that we haven't covered that you guys want to mention about this particular episode or this series so far? Uh, I did have a. My, a really good line from this episode when Ravona is talking to Kang and Kang's like the the wizard guy was trying to help me out and she goes he switches sides it's a well known behavioral trait <laughs> like just the TVA's notebook on Loki they know all about him and how he's switched sides so many times in the past <laughs> that was a funny little line there have been some enjoyable lines in this series to be fair little quirks here and there but um i am really liking the series but yeah they really do need to up the ante in this in the second half of the series like you guys have already said one slow episode is going to destroy the the pacing of it um and i i treat the pacing now like like an like an andor series where you know it starts as a slow burner but as long as it ramps up and mm-hmm. starts hitting emotionally in the back end of it, then then I'm absolutely fine with a slow start. But yeah, they really need to start kicking it into gear. And I'd love to see Victor Timely sort of like go in in the next episode as someone timid and still shy. And he's like, I kind of want to help the TVA, but then kind of realizes that he can become much more than that. And by the end of it, he is like whipping out all of his inventions and using the modern day tech that they've got at the TVA to start going, you know what? I'm going to t- turn into he who remains and take over. Yeah. I would love to see that by the end of this. So, yeah. Well, somebody's um, still got to prune Loki at the end too, by yeah. the way, we got to figure out who did that. So oh, yeah. I, I still think it's Loki. <laughs> I think yeah. he prunes himself. Yeah. So that was always my favorite theory after it anyway, that he prunes like himself to, to sort, to, to save everything that's going on. Although, do they stop the temporal loom from exploding? Because we do see that in episode one, isn't it? Where he jumps forward in time a bit and the TVA is mm-hmm. being evacuated. Yeah. So do they actually get to stop what's going on? Who knows? But, yeah. Well, we've got three weeks to find out. So, <laughs> gentlemen, thank you so much uh, indeed for, for coming on this morning um, and um, and obviously chatting with me about this. Um, as always, an absolute pleasure to, to have the three of you on the show. Uh, you know how much I love you guys. But um, tell everyone at home if they... Uh, uh, idiots and aren't listening to your show already exactly where they can find it yes sir uh we are on spotify apple podcast google podcast every podcast app pretty much out there uh you can find us on there you can find us on youtube we're starting to post full episodes on there along with our clips and then social media wise instagram twitter x and tiktok <laughs> at why so Sidious pod um dropping a lot of reels a lot of videos like you said earlier jd's dropping uh some comic reviews and other stuff like that on our tiktok so go follow us on there for sure very active um but yeah yeah that's where you can uh, find us right now and if you uh, if you want to be in with a chance of winning a, a comic book always tune into tiktok yes. what jd does over there yeah contest on your way Put in some questions no <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> that was a great question yeah, I, I was just sat there going, I'm, I'm not doing this to win a comic book because I wasn't expecting you to ship one to the UK for me. But I was like, <laughs> I want to give him a nice question and see what I can <laughs> nice. do. So, 
But no, guys, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. You guys go and have yourselves a nice Sunday. Um, mm. I'm going to chill out and um, and have a nice evening with the uh, the wife away. So, um, <laughs> and um, I'll be back next week, obviously, to review episode four of Loki. Uh, until then, everyone, take care. Catch you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Galactic Core Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. But until next time, go get your geek on.